In today's episode, we look at the culinary and hospitality industry from an HR perspective. I'm excited to introduce you to Katina Rugumbika, a remarkable leader and the chief people officer at Levin Bakery. Katina is a dedicated advocate for diversity in the workplace. She promotes open and honest communication between managers and staff and works tirelessly towards building strong and authentic relationships within the company. Through our conversation, we'll gain insights into her fascinating personal journey and learn how her leadership philosophy and best practices are helping the company grow from within. Thank you so much for joining us. How is everything going over there today? It's going to thank you so much, Dana, for having me. You and I have had a relationship for a few years now. You are, you know, just an incredible powerhouse. I've always admired you. So I want to make sure that I definitely give you your flowers um, on this podcast today. But really excited about everything that we have, you know, going on here at Levan. We just opened our first West Coast location in Larchmont Village. And Amazing. Angela's on June 25th. Um, so it's been about a month now. So really excited. You know, you know, LA really came out strong with so much love, so much support. So we're really excited to finally be in California. That's awesome. And obviously, I want to talk about all things amazing cookies. But first, I like to talk about the first time I meet somebody. And as so many other people we've spoken to, our first introduction was at the FAP conference. And it was a time when I was going through a lot. You know, my mother was ill. And a hug you gave me was just so life-changing. And I knew at that point we were going to be friends. And we bonded over just so much stuff. And what most impressed me about you and your career and your background really was the importance of culture and how you really take the culture that you have and empower and bring it into the companies you work with. And I know when you made this change to come work here, that was a probably a big part of the reason because the culture at your company now is so great as well. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what your history professionally and personally is? So, you know, I, I'm, I'm always proud to share that I'm an immigrant from Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. So well, my family and I moved here when I was about eight years old. So, you know, English is my second language. You know, when we first came to the United States, we were supposed to be here for a year. Here we are. About three decades later, we're still here. So happy to, you know, have grown up here, educated here, um, just formed many friends and, you know, and chosen family here too as well. So this is my home now. Um, I have three brothers. I'm the oldest of four. My father is a retired professor. And my mother, you know, she stayed at home to raise us. So she was a COO, right? I learned very early on what a COO was through my mother, right? That's being the most important job. The one that keeps the trains running, the ones that make sure that the household is running every single day. So wow. she is just an incredible, incredible woman, incredible leader. So I'm very thankful to have had her as a role model growing up and still so. And she's my best friend to this day. So kudos to all the mothers out there who are at home, all the working mothers, just kudos to all mothers. For sure. I started my career early on, right after college. You know, my degree is in marketing and fashion merchandising. And I always thought that I'd be this marketing guru and living in New York City in a skyscraper and a corner office. And that's amazing. Wild dreams, you know, from Georgia, you know, at 21, 22 years old, both in reality setting. I was like, oh, you actually have to 
kind of work your way out. It's not just handed to you like you, you see on TV. Um, around the time I graduated from college, we didn't have, you know, the, the there was a recession and there weren't that many jobs. So I actually just by chance fell into third party recruiting that's working with a staffing agency. It was an agency that always helped me out in Athens, Georgia. Uh, where my parents reside whenever I was on school breaks, holidays, or the summer, they would always place me on this odd jobs, like filing, you know, papers somewhere, answering phones, the doctor's office back before, you know, people had cell phones. And so they hired me to actually be a recruiter. And that's where my career took off. And I'm so grateful to them to this day, you know, to opening my eyes and just, you know, sharing with me a career that I had never even known of or thought about. I had never even heard of human resources, honestly. So I did through a party recruiting. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and recruiting is such an important part, right? Bringing in the right people, but there's so much more once you have those people. Yeah. And so I did recruiting for a few years and it was so impactful for me because as a third-party recruiter, I remember my first job was hiring for the third shift at the Keebler Cookie Factory, which was like in some, uh, you know, remote part of Georgia. And everyone had to pass a, have a clean background check, pass a drug test. Like it was insane hiring. I think we paid like $10 an hour. <laughs> but through that role, I learned about community because there was the Hispanic community in Athens and around Athens. And, you know, I was hiring from that community and pulling from that community. And they were, you know, loyal to me and loyal to the company. They were happy to someone was giving them a chance. They just really resonated with me as an immigrant, too, as well. And I think that's where I first learned about just culture and community and the impact. And then from there, I moved around a bit and I, I landed at Blooming Brands. I think at the time it was OSI Restaurant Partners Outback Steakhouse, which has quite a few restaurant brands underneath them. And I was fortunate to have worked with an incredible mentor. His name is Matt Henson. He's my mentor to this day. And he really taught me about culture and really solidified for me what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And this is where I always had to talk about representation and how important it is. And throughout my whole career to that time, I had never seen anyone that looked like me, meaning a Black person in a position of real influence and leadership or at the C-suite. And here he was, you know, this tall African-American man from Mississippi with a very strong Southern drawl who was like the <laughs> car. I hear him talking as you're talking. <laughs> yes, I'm telling you for this like four, almost $5 billion organization. I was like, oh my God. And he was, I was like, how did you get here? He told me a story. He's like, do you want to do this? I was like, eh. And he said, you get there. You'll get there one day. Trust me. He said, you know, um, hard work, perseverance, you've got to be resilient and network and know the right people and build sour relationships. So he really taught me the importance of building relationships, believing in yourself and advocacy too as well. And um, worked with him for seven years, took the leap of faith, moved to New York. I've been in New York now for 10 years. New York was supposed to be a layover for me, you know, going to Europe. It was like, okay, it's going to be a one year layover, a long connection. That's what they all say. And then we're all stuck. <laughs> I'm telling you. And then next thing you know, it's like, okay, you know, you didn't get it, you didn't get to enjoy it your first. You're like, let me give it one more try in second year, then third year. Then here I am a decade later. I've haven't lived anywhere else longer than New York. So I guess I'm a New Yorker, typically. Sort of now, why not? Exactly. And so, you know, I've had the pleasure and you know of working with, you know, really great companies in New York, being exposed to fine dining, being exposed to just a different level of hospitality. I, I love what we do in our industry, taking care of guests, taking care of customers. And then I also love what 
my role does too as well, which is taking care of our internal guests and our internal customers. And those are our employees. You know, we think about the level of expectation that we have for um, our team members or our employees to take care of guests. Well, we internally, I believe in the same ethos that we as employees need to take care of our frontline workers, right? Our back of house employees, because they're the ones that are on the front lines every single day on their feet, 8, 10, 12 hours a day, making sure that guests are taken care of. And with that comes the culture piece. You know, how do we show up to work and how do we support our employees? How do we make sure that they're taken care of? How do we make sure they have the resources that they need? And so that's something that I truly started to, I, I think, lean into a few years ago. I was maybe about eight years ago, just the importance of that. And just always showing up as my true authentic self at work because it empowers our employees to do the same as well. Right. And I definitely, authenticity, and we've spoken about this on a few of the other podcasts, right? The more authentic you are and the more giving you are with who, you, you know, your true self, the more you're going to get from your employees to be them. And that communication is priceless. What are some of the things you've done to help instill this culture in the companies you've worked at? Because again, as you look at where you've had your career, you see a shift in culture. You see, and it goes from the top down, I know, and being at the top. What are some of the things you're doing to help create this really happy, healthy in work environment? I think the first thing in building any relationship is communication, right? True, open, honest communication. So I always like to assess first, what is our communication strategy? What does that look like? How do we communicate with everyone and understand what the gaps are? Understand what is the employee population? What do they need? What are they looking for? What's important to them? And then trying to close that gap. So in some organizations coming in and saying, hey, you know what? Our employee population, they want to hear from leadership more often. Right? Okay. They want to know what's happening in the business. They want to know how we're performing financially, right? And it, it, can we share that with them? Um, I think that is incredibly important. That's the first piece. Knowledge is power, right? I don't think anyone wants to be in a position where they're in the dark or they don't know they have questions. And my rule of thumb is I ask, I always tell all of our employees, ask me anything. There isn't a silly question. 90% of the times I can tell you the answer and it's going to be the 10% where I tell you, I don't know, or I can't tell you, right? right. 90% of the time, I'm an overshare when it comes to communication. So I think that's the first one of the things I've done. Uh, I always lead into is in making sure that our employees have the information that they need, whether it's, again, how we're performing, whether it's how to contact HR, whether it's the why behind what we do, what we're doing, whether it's the why behind why we're asking them to do certain things, making sure they are empowered with that. And I think earlier you said also what was important is seeing that diversity in the workplace. And I know people use the word a lot, whether they stand behind it or not is a whole different thing. But what are some of the ways that you help to create that or welcome that diversity into the workplace, right? Some people will blame our workforce looks this way or acts this way because we can't find those people. We're what could people listening do to, if who want to authentically go out and diversify a workplace? What are some things you've done and seen success with? One thing I learned very early on from Matt Henson was you have to model the behavior that you're asking everyone to demonstrate. You have to demonstrate it for everyone. So what that means is when I come into a business, the first thing I do is I model that within my department, right? I can't ask everyone to do something that I'm not <laughs> demonstrating myself. So the first thing is I look at the makeup of my team. Right. And I'm incredibly intentional about, you know, who I hire, obviously making sure that individuals are qualified. That's number one, making sure we're providing, we're giving fair opportunity 
but also being incredibly intentional about hiring, about pulling from a diverse candidate pool is incredibly important. So it starts there, right? And then it permeates out to to other departments. I think part of, you know, from a diversity standpoint, celebrating other cultures too as well internally. And, you know, whether it's a public holiday or not, if we have that employee representation, that makeup within our organization, well, how do we celebrate them? And it's not just me sitting in my office and say, well, we're going to do this for Diwali. No, well, leaning into that community and asking them, well, how how was the best way to recognize this and bring it into okay. our business? Yes. Right. Uh-huh. I I appreciate that comment. Um, I Again, I think everything you're doing is amazing. Is there anything else you want to tell our listeners? I know we're kind of getting close on time. So anything else that someone listening, you want them to take away from this conversation? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, all your audience is mostly, um, you know, leaders in the business. Yes. What I always tell everyone is pay it forward, pay it forward. And what's that mean is, you know, I think about the mentors I've had and who've allowed me to come to where I am today, who've encouraged me, who've cleared paths for me. And now it's my duty, it's my calling to do that for other individuals as well. And for me, particularly for women. Right. We have we're still as women, we're still underpaid when it comes to, you know, compared to our male counterparts as and especially as a black woman too as well, still underpaid there as well. So making sure that, you know, um, I really represent for the women in business and I encourage everyone to pull women along on the journey with you. And we can't do it alone. You know, our male counterparts, they also we need their advocacy. Right. We need their support. We yes. need for them to be our cheerleaders too as well. So it's a joint partnership. So I, you know, for anyone listening, think through the lens of how do I make this, not just my company better, but how do I make the workforce better too as well? And particularly in our industry. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I love speaking to you. I feel like I'd be remiss not to ask favorite cooking. Oh my God. That's like asking me for my favorite child. Who well, my favorite child is. I don't have kids, but if I did, right. I imagine it really depends on the day. I mean, there are days where I'm feeling a little snazzy, so I may have on a chocolate chip. There are days where, you know, I, I love our um, our lemon bread too as well. So it's amazing. I will tell you, you kind of saw oh. my answer. The lemon, yes. the lemon love is my go-to in in Wayne Scott after Barry's boot camp. I work out just to eat the lemon cake. I tell everyone it's one of our best kept secrets. Like I, I love that we're a cookie brand and we have made these amazing cookies. But we also have some other goodies too as well. So I always encourage everyone that like, you know, you know, go off course a little bit. Try right. something different. So. Diversify <laughs> your breakfast treats. Girl, I'm like, get a cookie and something else. Yeah. Treat yourself. Awesome. Well, again, I love speaking to you. I can't wait to see you soon and run into you probably in some random bar where we've just recognized each other's voices. <laughs> Love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dana Delivers. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to encourage you to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And share it with your friends, colleagues, and anyone else who could benefit from it. We have great conversations with top leaders in the restaurant, franchise, and hospitality space where they offer their knowledge and expertise and give us valuable insight into these industries. If you have any questions or observations you'd like to share with me, please reach out at dana.zukowski at aprio.com or visit our website at aprio.com to learn more about all the different ways Aprio can help your business. 
Thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to delivering more valuable content soon.